but there's a lot of lonely people, lonely teenagers, and you're going to find teenagers at camp that's going to be so easy to love, work with, and then you're going to have some that's some lonely. Some come from broken homes, and they don't know what to live for. There'll be some teenagers that are probably thinking about suicide. And see, competent to counsel means you studied the Word of God, God has taught you some things. Now, with that knowledge, you want to be able to sit down with them and pray for those that are be speaking and in those council meetings or one-on-one afterwards, whenever you can find time, and find out where they're coming from, what's going on in their life. Are they suffering? Are they hurting from something? And there'll be some of those kids that will be just drive you up a wall. Those ones need help, too. Everybody needs help. And so let God use you. As the verse says here, also to admonish one another. But he's talking about the Holy Spirit in the verse before that. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. See, you've learned the scriptures, and you know what to believe, and through the joy and the comfort and patience of the scriptures, now God wants to use you. He wants you to be able to counsel. And that's what we do. When I teach in church, that's what I'm giving. I am competent to counsel. If a person listens to what I say, it can help them in their Christian life. But if you only come one time, you'll get about a third of what you need. If you come twice, you'll get a little bit more. Three times, you'll get a little bit more. Come four times, you'll get a little bit more. Did you know the power of the early church was they met how many times a week? They met every day. Every day. Now, I didn't make that up. That's in the book of Acts. You read it, chapter 2. Every day they met. And so it helped them and encouraged them. So anyway, look down at the bottom of the page. These are some scriptures, but they're scriptures on what it's talking about one another. One another. In other words, you helping them, they helping you. Did you know that every person you counsel is helping you? Because you're trying to figure out, how can I solve this person's problems? You see, if people didn't have problems, you wouldn't be needed. But everybody has them. So when you meet their need, did you know by meeting their need, meet your need? Because you want to be used. Don't you want to be used? Well, then you find those that need help, and you help them. You are supposed to take the initiative and seek them out. Don't just wait for people to seek you out. You take the initiative and you go to them. You go into a cafeteria and everybody's laughing and having fun and see one little kid over there all by himself. Wouldn't that just draw you over there? You want to go over there and find out, hey, how you doing? You enjoying camp? Do you mind if I sit here with you? And you open up a little conversation and you'd be surprised how that lonely little kid can all of a sudden feel Somebody cares about me. Somebody loves me. Or you say the right thing before they go to bed at night in some little devotion. This is what serving the Lord's all about. is you being used by the Lord. Look down to the uh, scripture. John chapter 13 verse 34 says, A new commandment I give unto you that you, and see that one another, I love you, and you want to teach them to love somebody else. I love you, you love me. And then he says, as I have loved you. How are you supposed to love somebody? As Christ loved you. Does the Lord really love you? I think so. 
In Romans chapter 2, verse 15, said, Which show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness, and their thoughts the meanwhile accusing or else excusing one another. Did you know when you can accuse or excuse, it's a sign you have judgment. It means you have a conscience of knowing something's right or wrong. And so using that knowledge that you have and the wisdom that you've learned from the scriptures and then talking to people, you want to use that to try to help a person to see right from wrong so that you can be able to help the person. But see, you can't teach discernment if you have no discernment. You have to have it in order to teach it. You can't lead somebody where you've never been. And so that's why it's so important. Well, look at the um, back of your page. Romans chapter 12, verse 10 says, Be kindly affectioned one to another. One to another. Kindly affectioned. Now, see, this is all telling us how to be a good counselor. Where we are showing something that they need. Evidently, somebody needs kindly affection. They need it. You supply it. This is helping you to be competent to counsel. So you, you don't just waste your time. You're always trying to figure out a way to, how can I get through to this person? To let him know that God loves him. God has a reason for him and a purpose for his life. God wants him to have the joy and the peace and how he can have that. You've got to give people a reason for living. Romans 14, 13 says this. Let us not therefore judge one another anymore, but judge this rather, that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. This is counseling. This is the example. This means that you, because you want to help somebody, you know you've got to be the right example in front of that person. It means that you don't try to do anything that would cause that person to stumble over your testimony. So you have to always watch what you say and the tone in which you say it and the things that you do, the places you go, because you might cause somebody else to stumble. So you are competent to counsel. That means you have to guard. Are you a stumbling block? Because, you see, it says something. When you don't serve the Lord like you should, you're telling somebody something that God's word and purpose in life doesn't mean as much to you. And so if you're going to tell somebody what they need to do, what do you need to be doing? You're supposed to practice what you preach. Let it be in your life. Be the example of a believer in word and deed and attitude, love, all those things. So important. Look in Romans 15, 5 here in your notes. Now the this verse I read to you just a moment ago, but now look at it one more time. Now the God of patience and consolation grant you to be, and here's a word, like-minded. God wants you to be like Him because God is the God of patience and consolation. You're trying to learn how can I console people, people that are lonely, people that are hurting. How can God use me to help them? By God helping you. You read the book of 2 Corinthians in chapter 1, and the Bible talks an awful lot about the God of all mercy, the God of all comfort, so that you can teach others the lessons God has taught you. 
And every one of us needs to learn. That's why do not begrudge God the time that he needs to teach you these attributes that you're supposed to have in your life. Because God wants to use you to be competent to counsel. Somebody has a broke leg. You might be able to help them if you've had a broke leg. You know I've had a broke leg. I broke my little pinky one time. Now, it's not the size of a leg, but you're trying to find a sympathize. And sometimes it works, and sometimes you think. <laughs> I had a hangnail one time, but let God teach you. Don't begrudge God the time that he needs to put all these things into your life. So that's why he allows a lot of things to happen to you. So as a Christian dedicated to the Lord, God will allow there to be times in your life when you will be lonely and you're going to be hurting. You're going to be suffering. And you can let those things make you lovable or you can let those things make you become unlovable. But God is talking here about the God of patience and consolation grant you to be like-minded one toward another. God wants you to be toward others the way God is toward you. Look at the next scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 25 says, that there be no divisions, schisms in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. Now, the Bible says in the book of Galatians in chapter 6, bear ye one another's burdens. But doesn't the Bible also say over there in 1 Peter that um, cast all your cares upon him for he careth for you. Did you know that God caring for you in many cases is done through people caring for you? God loving somebody and you want them to know that God loves them. Well, he might want them to know that God loves them, but he's going to use you to show that love. I mean, how else is God going to do it? You're going to come down from heaven and there's an angel on, no, he's using people. We, you and me, when he says, cast all your cares upon the Lord, you cast them on the Lord, but God's going to work through somebody who cares. And so when you look and you see people who have a burden, they need help. They need counseling. They need somebody to help them carry their burden. He, maybe he wants you to do it. And so you just say, Lord, whatever you want. And so God will bring some very, some very unlovable people across your path to find out how lovable are you toward the unlovable. The ones that will cause you trouble and problems. And it's uh, so important. Look at the next one here in Galatians 5.13. For brethren, you have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by, and here's that word, love. Serve one another. You see, being a good counselor is serving one another, helping somebody, because not only in what you say, it's in what you do. Serve the Lord. Now, I'll be honest with you. I am thrilled to death of these kids going down there to Texas. I'm envious. I've been to Texas camp many times. I preached down there with Wally and Freddie Coyle and a bunch of other people. And I love to go. But it's also, we've helped train a few, and they can go down there, and look how many more they got, instead of just one person that used to go. Now, there's a whole bunch more that are competent to be counselors. So Wally is going to depend upon them, because Wally's bringing those kids to camp. And those kids need some counseling. They need help. Somebody has to do it. 
So you always want to have somebody that can do this for you. All right, look there in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 15. But if you bite and devour one another, take heed that you be not consumed one of another. In other words, maybe you've heard this statement before. If you live in a glass house, don't, don't throw stones. Why? Why? Because you live in a glass house. Somebody's going to throw stones back at you, right? So if you're going to be competent to counsel, should you um, be biting and devouring one another? Is that the will of God? Should you use this tongue of yours to say bitter, cutting things to other people? To bring them down, destroy their character? No, that's not what you want. But if you do bite, you devour one another. That's not what God says to do. So you want to be competent to counsel. Learning things to do, learning what not to do. Galatians 6, 2. Bear ye one another's burdens. One another's burdens. I help you, you help me. The one thing that you'll find out that will help you in your Christian life is learning to help somebody else. And you'll be surprised how they'll come around and they'll help you. It blows my mind sometimes when I see that many of the people that I led to the Lord years ago have turned around and become a blessing back to me after all those years. And so it's a wonderful thing. I have one thing I'd like to tell you right now, but I'm going to wait a little bit longer. No, I won't. I'm going to tell you anyway. When I was at Florida Bible College, I didn't get to go to ranch very much because the first two years I had a wife and two kids and I had to work all the time. So I never got to go to ranch. Isn't that something to go to Florida Bible College, the granddaddy ranch of them all? And then I couldn't go. I had to work. I always had to work. And so finally I got a chance to go to ranch. And one night they had a guy by the name of Du Hickman. Did you ever know Du Hickman? He was not a big fella, but he came from up in Atlanta area, and he, was, he had a, a band, a rock band. He came down, and he wrote a few songs, and he came down there to FBC. But he, he was in ranch one night, and he played the guitar, and he also had a thing around his neck with a harmonica in it, so he would do, well, I've done the same thing, but he was doing it this night, playing the guitar, blowing through the harmonica. And then he sung a song, and so Ray told him, says, um, since you write so many songs, why don't you write the alma mater? He said, all right, I will. In a couple of days, he had it done. And it was the song that we sing at Florida Bible College. He wrote the song. I have not seen this man in over 45 years. And he, I talked to him on the phone the other day. He wanted to get in touch with me. He said, I've been watching your messages on YouTube. He says, I love so much what you're doing, and that you got Florida Bible College going. He says, I am just thrilled to death. He says, um, do you remember the alma mater? I said, yes, I remember that song. He says, well, I copyrighted it, and it belongs to me. He says, and I want you to have it, and I want you to use it. He says, and I'll give you exclusive rights to it. I've been wanting that, but I haven't seen this man in almost 50 years. And I've, I'm thinking about this, and then he contacts me. Isn't that amazing? And so we're going to sing the alma mater. We've got to get our kids to learn that song and all the stuff. And we'll, I think we've got to get a whole church to sing it. 
and then videotape it, all of us singing. It's a wonderful song. And uh, I just get all excited about stuff like that. You do remember the alma mater, don't you, Bob? Uh. <laughs> Bob! <laughs> I remember the Colorado one. <laughs> we had one in Colorado, but I like the one from Florida Bible College. But anyway, look again here in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 2, where it says, With all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love. Forbearing one another. Putting up with people. Some people may not always treat you right, but look, cut people a little slack. Don't be so hard on people. Let people grow a little bit. The next scripture I want you to look at is Ephesians 4.25 here. Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. You see that this one of another, this one of another, all the way through all of these scriptures, because it's talking about how we're supposed to help one another, encourage one another. Our testimony is so very important. Ephesians 4.32, and be ye, what? Kind one to another. See, being kind to somebody, see, the Bible talks about exhorting one another and at times rebuking one another, being kind one to another. Those are all things that we do in counseling because how you treat people is not just in what you say, it's how you are with people. Be as kind as you possibly can be. Everybody's having a rough time. Always try to picture in your mind, everybody's struggling, everybody's having it rough. And I just need to be sweet to everybody. And so you try not to be mean and ugly and unkind to anybody because everybody's got something they're going through. You just don't have to know about it. Not everybody tells everything that they have to go through. But the next verse, and be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another. So is being kind important? Tender-hearted, forgiving one another? Why? Even for God, as Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Is there a relationship here? Why should I forgive you? Well, didn't God forgive you? Well, what God did for me, I'm supposed to pass that on. If, see, I was saved by grace. Look what God did to me, and I didn't deserve it. Living by grace is passing it on. There's a song. Pass it on. How God treated me is the way I'm supposed to treat others, and he didn't charge me for it. I'm not supposed to charge people. So whenever you're nice to those who are nice to you, what have you done? Nothing. It's when you're nice to somebody and kind to somebody and tenderhearted to somebody when they didn't do anything to deserve it. That's living by grace. When you see it, it's a, a simple thing to understand. The next one here, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. In other words, not exalting yourself over each other, but submitting yourselves to each other. Because you always think, like, I am serving I'm serving. I feel like here at the church, I'm not your boss. I am your servant. I am serving you. Because, see, you generally, if you work for me, then I would pay you. But since you pay me, I must work for you. Don't you see that? Ain't that true? You can fire me, can't you? Can't you fire me? No. I mean, yes, you can. <laughs> so, see, this doesn't belong to me. This isn't Yankees church. You're not a bunch of little Yankeeites. Down in FBC, we call Stanfordites. It's like, oh, you got a cult. 
Now, I know what a cult is, and we're not that. Look at the next statement. Colossians 3.13, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. Colossians 3.16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing. There's that word again. One another in Psalms, so you need to know Psalms. Hymns, you need to know those. Spiritual songs, you need to know that. Singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Did you know that's a form of counseling? Did you know when the choir sings and they're great and everything is just right together, do you know they're ministering to the people? It brings you comfort. It brings you peace of mind. It makes you think about the Lord. It sets you in a devotional frame of thought. Isn't it true? So you're getting some counseling from that. It's teaching you something. Everything that we do, we want to be competent to counsel. We want the music that we have be competent to minister. You want to be competent to minister. That's what counseling is. You're ministering to people's needs. And everybody needs help. Down at the uh, next one. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. What's that word? Comfort. Comfort one another with what? Words. What words? There's words. See, the word of God, we're supposed to learn it so that we can comfort one another with these words. So important. The next verse. Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another. Edify doesn't mean edify. It's edify. It means that you beautify what's there and build on it and add to it. You want to edify a person. That means that you want to build them up. Build them up. Building up people. See, when you get busy building up other people, you want people to be strong in the Lord. Well, did you know in building and working, it's like lifting weights. When you lift those weights, it builds you stronger. Why do you think people go to the gym and work out? Not to make the weights stronger. It makes them stronger. You're lifting weights. And serving the Lord is you're helping to lift their burdens. You're lifting weight. And it makes you stronger as a Christian. Some Christians are so weak, see, they can't help anybody. They're not strong themselves. And it's also important. Look down to the number of Hebrews in 3.13 where it says, But exhort one another daily. Exhort. Same like challenging, motivating one another. And so if this is what God wants us to do, then that's a form of counseling. Everything that we do is for this. Where's that verse found in the Bible that says, By ye me counsel from the word of God. Revelation chapter 3, look at it. I want you to see this. Look in Revelation chapter 3. Revelation chapter 3. Look there in verse 18. In verse 18, it makes this statement, I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich, White raiment that thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear. And anoint thy eyes with eye salve that thou mayest see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Change your mind and see yourself the way God sees you, because I'd rather have you hot, cold, but not lukewarm. 
And some people think that they're fine and they don't see themselves. They don't realize that they're poor and naked, blind, they can't see. They can't do what God wants them to do, but they don't even know it. So weak, and they don't know they're weak. Blind, but they don't know they're blind. Because, you see, you have to stay in the Word of God, always being counseled. See, every time you sit down and you read and study the Bible, it's God's way of counseling you. He's telling you what to do. It's supposed to be challenging, motivating to you. So this is why these scriptures are so important. And uh, just to look at that next one here. Let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. In the next verse, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. You see, not to come together as God tells us to means that we're not going to be exhorting one another as we're supposed to. Because it's not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another means for us to come together so we can help, challenge, motivate, encourage one another to stay strong in the things of the Lord. Look up here. Letting this hand represent you and me. And this wallet represents sin. The Bible says that we all have sin on us. Now he loves us. Now he hates our sin, but he loves us. And for you and I to go to heaven, the Bible says we have to be perfect, but none of us are perfect. And because of sin, we're in debt. And that's eternal separation from the Lord. And so God says you can't earn your way to heaven. You need a Savior. This hand represents Jesus Christ. He's the Lord God in the flesh. Came into the world because He loves us. Hates our sin because our sin separates us from Him. So Christ took the sin, paid for it on the cross, came back from the dead. And so anyone that will believe that He did it for them, God said He would put this payment to their account and they would get to go to heaven on what Jesus Christ did for them. Let's pray, shall we? Our Father, we thank You so much for all You've done for us. We thank You, Lord, for the opportunity You've given us as Your children to present the gospel to so many others. We pray right now that if there's someone watching by Internet that has never trusted You as Savior, we pray that they would. And Father, for those that are in the auditorium, and these college kids that are on their way to, to Texas, we pray that you give them a safe trip. Help them to stay alert, protect them. And Lord, we want them to be greatly used. These are kids that are competent to counsel. They're able to do this job. They know what to say. They can do it. And we pray, Lord, you greatly open up the doors where they can influence a lot of kids' lives to serve you, to trust your Savior if need be. But whatever it is, Father, there are going to be a lot of these kids that will be so hurting, so lonely. And some are lovable and some are not. But help them to care, to try to bring them along, and to show them whatever it is they need by allowing you to show them what you've done for them. Use them. And we thank you for it in Christ's name. Amen.